When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 3, Episode 19, Chapter Titled... I Was a Teenage Spy. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And this is our podcast. It is. It's our Boy Meets World podcast. So, Boy Meets World is good. It's a good, happy thing. Yep. That we watch every week. Um... What have you been able to find this week that has made you happy otherwise, other than Boy Meets World? Um, Fire Emblem. Oh, yeah. You've played a lot of Fire Emblem. Which one are you playing? Fire Emblem Awakening on 3DS. Um, I went back and I'm playing that because I've played through Three Houses. I've, I've, I want to go back and play a bunch of the older ones, and um, Awakening it is right now. It's very good. Awakening it is right now. Mm, yep. <laughs> what number is that? Oh, uh, there's... Not really numbers. Oh, I thought there was. I thought I thought it was like Fire Emblem one and two and no. Oh, there's like fifteen or sixteen total. And How many just... have you played? I've never. I've only played three houses. Three houses all the way through. Um, I've played parts of a few other ones, and now I want to go back and replay a, a few of them and finish them. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Great. <laughs> great. What have you found to be happy about this week? Um, walking. I love walking. And we have talked before about how we have like a hiking trail that we can walk to that's really, really nice. And right now it is the most beautiful place in the world. And I'm like, so happy that we can walk there and walk the trail. But like, uh, on Thursday, I took the kids um, to walk the trail and I had no idea as we rounded this corner there was just like a sea of bluebell flowers like in the woods it was just beautiful uh, and it made me really really happy and I got to take my mom there this morning because we still are walking we're like she we aren't going into each other's houses or anything and we're staying far apart while we walk but we're still walking together every week. So I got to take her there this morning and she was like taking all these pictures because it's just absolutely gorgeous. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That and uh, frozen burritos, but I've eaten way too many of those in the past three days. Way too many. No more getting me frozen burritos. I'm going to get more tomorrow. No, please don't. I'm going to drink a shake with greens in it in the morning. I am not having burritos. I had burritos for breakfast yesterday. That she did. Yep. So no more of that. But they have made me very happy for the past three days. But also we watched Boy Meets World. Yep. Twice. Yep. Um, we watched season three, episode 19. I was a teenage spy. How was life as a teenage spy? I was fine. Uh, it was directed by David Trainer, Megan Trainer's grandpa. What? Uh-huh. And it was written by Jeff Sherman. So is this the first one in season three that we've got? David Trainer? Yeah. No, he wrote one early on. Okay. Or, or directed one early on. Didn't we have a conversation about how that was like the last one he was going to be on or something like that? I feel like we talked about something about he didn't do much after that. He didn't do much after. He's he's on a few episodes here and there. Okay. 
we initially thought this was a butt gang episode. Like, we thought we had cracked the code and we were like, this has got to be a butt gang episode. And it wasn't. Yeah, just because it was silly the way a butt gang episode is. Right. But um, blur me up. All right. The blurb for season three, episode 19, I Was a Teenage Spy, is Corey gets his wish and experiences life in the 1950s. Very on the nose. I did not make that one up. Classroom or not? Not. Why not? We're at Chubby's. Is it Chubby's? Yes. Here, here is Chubby's. In this moment. In this year. April of 1996. April 26th of 1996. It is Chubby's. Oh, and Corey's walking down the stairs, and, he, and at the bottom of the stairs, all of a sudden, he gets accosted by his two favorite teachers. Uh, Mr. Turner and Mr. Williams. Eli and Jonathan, whose arms are full of sock hop uh, flyers, and they're like, here, pass these out. And Corey's like, oh, a sock hop? Who would even like that? As he walks to the table with his two best friends, Sean and Topanga. And Corey's like, you guys wouldn't want to go to the sock hop, would you? Topanga, do you want to go to the sock hop? And they have this whole really awkward conversation about how Corey broke up with Topanga, um, which they sort of broke up with each other. But Corey was the one like Topanga was like, are you breaking up with me? And Corey was like, yeah, I guess so. And then. But after like Topanga made it very clear, like she felt like they should break up. Right. They broke up with each other, but Corey did the words. So it's it. It's all in the details, I guess. Yeah. Um, She's like, don't you remember you broke up with me? So. You need to stop living in the past and walks away. And Sean's like, uh, yeah, that was a foreshadowing. Sean's like, she's right. Um, and they do this weird thing about like bar- taking each other's food and being best friends. Uh, I wasn't quite sure how it fit, but I guess it did in the end. I don't know. All, this whole scene is just a foreshadowing. That's yes. all it is. They're just setting it up like, okay, hey, see, like he still is in love with Topanga. Oh, and. Sean is his best friend, and they do everything for each other. And Corey's living in the past. And Corey's living in the past, and he shouldn't live in the past. And then finally, Sean decides, yes, you can have my fries, or something. I don't know. (laughs) It seemed like he was okay to take the fries to begin with, and then... Then he couldn't take them, and then he took them. I don't know. It was like so, one of those really weird moments where, like, he wasn't going to eat the fries, but then once Corey was like, thanks for the fries, man, Sean's like, yeah, what are friends for? You, Of course, I would do anything for you. But really, he just wasn't going to finish his fries. Yeah. So anyway, now we go to the Matthews kitchen. Um, where they have a broken microwave. Yeah. and, and It was making a funny noise. Amy says, I don't know. Every time it's been plugged in, it makes this funny noise. And then Eric plugs in in anyway. And, and all the lights flash. All the lights flash. And from upstairs, you hear, no! Like a blood-curdling no. And it's Corey because he was working on a paper and he was like almost finished with it or something. And when that happened, the um, computer went out and he it didn't autosave back then in 1996, mm-hmm. which is so weird. But it didn't. Things didn't autosave. Yeah. We lost stuff all the time. We did. But we that's did. why you had to learn, like, save, like, all the time. Just save, click, I save, feel like your click, rational save. brain probably did that a lot. Like, where it's like, oh, I better save. I wrote a paragraph. I better save. Yeah. Me, I wrote six chapters of a book. Like, legitimate, I wrote six chapters of a novel, forgot to save, lost it, still haven't ever written a book. But it was a good book. I wrote, it was good. Anyway, 
so anyway, they um, they're like, "What are you even writing about?" And he's like, "The Sputnik, Sputnik, the ni- nineteen fifty seven, whatever." And <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, yeah, like when Russia sent the satellite into space." And so they start talking about how. Everyone in 1957, like, freaked out about it because they thought that the Russians were spying on them with the satellite. And and Corey says something like, how do you guys even know all this? And they were like, oh, because we are secret Russian spies. Right, Boris? Like, right, Natasha? So they're Boris and Natasha. Foreshadowing. And um, then Mr. Feeney busts in. And says, I heard a scream. So every time they yell or scream in the house, Mr. Phoenix shows up at the door. Walks into their back door. Can you imagine? Um, And Corey goes, well, I hope you weren't expecting to get my paper on time. (laughs) He said, I never do. (laughs) Um, Um, Amy is wearing my favorite outfit again, which is like nuts because i feel like she's worn it a lot lately it's that chambray shirt and the maroon pants very good outfit really glad to see it come back what shirt the trampoline shirt chambray it's like that denim but it's not actually denim it's cotton and you use it for a trampoline where did you get trampoline trampoline shirt chambray uh so mr feeney's like Oh, the blah, blah, blah. They start, they start talking about how... Because Corey goes, you guys must have had it so much easier back in the 1950s in high school. And Alan goes, uh, 70s. 70s. And, and Amy... It was like late, late 70s for us. We were in school in the late 70s. And Mr. Feeney goes, oh, yeah, Mr. Matthews. It was just great. Just uh, um, worried every day about the Russians dropping a bomb and the Cold War and... And drills where you had to drop and cover and... Everyone was terrified all of the time. There were rationed foods. Everything was scary. Mass paranoia. Um, and Corey basically is just like, whatever. I think you're over-exaggerating. And goes to either plug in or unplug the microwave that Eric had plugged in. And zaps himself. And like he like shakes. And when he stops shaking, he's in Chubby's holding the cord to the jukebox. Is it Chubby's? It's not Chubby's. I yeah, don't remember what it's called. He's holding the cord of the jukebox, and Topanga says, Hey, what are you doing? We're dancing over here. That was Joey. Also, so, um, Topanga is wonderful, and I love her. But her voice in this episode made my head pound with every single word. Every time she spoke, it was just like, boom, in my brain. So Corey plugs the jukebox back in, and they all start dancing. And Corey says something like... Hey, do you want to dance, Topanga? And she's like, how do you know my name? And And she gets, like, really mad at him. Yeah, and he's like, well, let's dance. And she goes, I don't dance with guys I don't know. I I can't even do her voice. Then don't, because really, my brain will explode. Um... And they all go walk off, and Corey runs over to the chef, who is not chubby. No. Um, and he's like, hey, what year is it? And it's... So it's 1957. And he's like, I'm here. I'm here in 1957. I got my wish. Hooray. And the guy's like, you what? You flip your wig? And so Corey runs off. And now we're... Great Caesar's ghost. Oh, yeah. I traveled back in time. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, And now we're in the hallway. (laughs) Transition. We, We traveled through a jukebox and a microwave, and now we're in a hallway. And... 
Corey is like, yes, you're here. It's Sean. And, and he's he like, sees Sean. He's like, it really is the 50s. Everything's hunky-dory. Uh, and Sean is like, uh, that's Sean Z, and I don't know you. So uh, Sean Z, like Fonzie. Get it? Has his hair like slicked back and like the John Travolta curl in the front. Very good look. He should have done that all the time. 1950s, great time for the way people look. Like fashion-wise, really good time. Mm-hmm. But as we will learn in this episode, it was not without its fears. It had a lot of scary things happening. Well said. Um, but sh- Corey says, come on, Sean, we're, we're best friends. And he's like, I don't have any friends. I'm a loner. He's like, no, you're not. You're like, you you want to come across as a loner, but deep down, you need somebody there with you. And Sean's is like, yeah, you're right. Here, hold this. And Corey's like, yes, a ping pong paddle. I love ping pong. You want to go play ping pong? You got a ball? And as he says that, the door, you, the principal's slash bathroom slash counselor's office door opens, and ping pong balls rain down on Mr. Feeney's head like Captain Kangaroo. Like Captain Kangaroo? Yeah. I never watched Captain Kangaroo. Really? Yeah. Every once, I don't remember what would happen. I was a, I was real little when I watched it. Um, but every once in a while, something would happen that would make ping pong balls rain on everybody. I want to say it was something like how on Nickelodeon, like... Like, like slime? You, yeah, how you would get slimed if you said something. What would... What would you say to get slimed? Well, there was usually a secret word that would yeah. flash on the screen. So it, it had to do with the episode. Oh, um, I thought there was a thing in particular that you couldn't say. No, each episode, at least in that show, each episode, there's like a secret word. And then it would like flash on the screen when someone would say it. And then slime would come down. So anyway, ping pong balls fall on Mr. Feeney. On gangster Mr. Feeney. Um, and uh, be so... Wait, what happens here? He runs over and he's like, Sean uh, oh, Hunterelli? Yeah. yeah. This is the last straw. I told you. No more. And Corey goes. It was me. Yeah, it was I me. did it. Yeah. And Phoenix like, oh, a new student. Like, what's Trying to your make name? a name for yourself. What is your name? And Sean's like, if you're smart, you'll not tell him your name. And so Corey like thinks for 25 minutes. And then he's like, Brad Pitt, sir. And Mr. Phoenix like, well, Mr. Pitzer. So now he's stuck. He's Brad Pitzer. Get it? Everybody gets it. Um, so he's like, yeah, if you're smart, you'll stay away from this this Shanzi. He's just a bad egg. Going to get you in trouble. And then he walks off. And Corey is like, well, Sean is, should I call him Shanzi or is he Shanzi? He's right. Shanzi. Shanzi says... Uh, why'd you do that? And Corey says, we're friends. It's what we've always done. And then it cuts over to Mr. Feeney, who's going, young lady, your hair is too high. And uh, it's Topanga, whose hair is too high, and she won't stop chewing her gums. So he talks about, like, aircraft. Yeah, he said, your hair is a, is a hazard for all low-flying aircraft. And she goes, well, if I see an aeroplane, I'll death. Ugh. Ugh. Um, and then he tells her to spit out her gum, and then she, like, spittoons it into the trash can. And then he walks away, and Corey runs over, and he's like, Topanga! And she's like, she grabs him, and she throws him into the wall, and pins him against the wall. She's and- like, what did I tell you about calling me that? It's T-L. And he's like, yeah, for Topanga Lawrence. And, and she's like, for tough luck, 
for anyone who doesn't know any better. Yeah. And he's like, he says something that essentially equates to, I'm super turned on. (laughs) Well, she walks away and he's like, I'm in love. Yeah. And um, so then we go. So then the classroom door opens and Mr. Turner looks so spiffy. He is nerdy Turner. He's nerdy Turner, but it is a good look. His hair is shorter. And it takes years off of him. He looks so much better as Nerdy Turner. It's it's amazing. Yeah, but he's like, come on, guys. What are you doing? You got to get into class. The and bell no rang. Nobody listens. We go into the classroom. Um, and <laughs> he says, all right, today's topic is going to be what's life like in 40 years? And Corey's like, ooh, I got this. Um, and he <laughs> says, he says, you right there, your hair's up. And like, looks at Topanga. Um, and then he says, Mr. Hunterelli, what do you think life is going to be like in 40 years? And Shanzi's like, I don't even know what I'm going to have for lunch. And Mr. Turner goes, all right, mister, that was this close to a shenanigan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Corey goes, I know. I Let me let me say. And uh, uh, he says, he says, um... In 40 years, I can say with complete confidence that in 40 years, men will walk on the moon, uh, pizza will have cheese stuffed right into the crust, and men and women will as, be equal partners. As he's glaring into Topanga's eyes. <laughs> men and women will be equal partners. And Mr. Turner's like, whoa, 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 you have got quite an imagination. Tell us more about this pizza. And then he starts talking about how they're going to do their bomb drill. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have to put on their hard hats, jump under their desks. If they see a flash, then they duck and cover. So he yells, flash, and everybody jumps under the desk, and Corey's just sitting up, and he's like, what are you guys doing? You think this is going to save you from a, an atomic bomb? Like, this isn't going to do anything at all, and... Um, Mr. Turner goes, no, you need to, you, you hear flash and you grab your head, you get under your desk and, and Corey goes and you kiss your butt goodbye. And Mr. Turner jumps up and he's like, all right, who said that? So butt is a bad word in the fifties. Yeah, was it really a uh, bad word in the fifties? I, I mean, it was I a bad know. word in my house in the nineties. So, but he's like, who said, Ut Bay. Ut Bay. and Corey starts to say that he said it, and Sean cuts him off, and he's like, it was me. And so Seanzy, it's his last strike against him, is saying, but. Yep. And we would be off to military school every week. We say, but, all the time. And Corey is like, why did you do that? And Seanzy says, that's just what friends do. Already, look at the impact that yep. Brad Pitzer is making on 1957. But then we cut to the hallway where Corey's on the payphone. He's trying to buy stock. Mm-hmm. But none of the companies exist yet. Except for IBM, which you can buy at a nickel a share. And he's like, give me a hundred. Um, so then we see Feeney come out and Topanga like runs up to Feeney and he's just and she's like, what do you mean you're sending Shanzi to reform school? Well, and the whole Eric part. Oh, yes, there was that. <laughs> Eric, in fact, I have that on my next page. Oh, yeah, Eric's going to Harvard. Yeah, Eric was like, Eric is dressed super preppy and excited about going to Harvard because there's no girls there to distract him. 
and yeah, that's when TL runs up and interrupts them. Yeah. Screaming about Shanzi going to reform school. Um, because he said, but, and Feeney's just like, whatever it's, you know, it's the last straw. That's just how it's going to be. Um, and then Corey and Topanga have like a moment where they're like super intense with each other. Yeah. Cause she's like, let's blow this joint and go to not chubbies. And he says, no, how about we go to the zoo and look at the giraffes? And, and she's like taken aback by it because she's trying to act like she wouldn't love doing that. And then he's like, and then maybe afterwards we'll go and get some Rocky Road ice cream. And she's like, why would I want to do that? And um, he says, like, Topanga, I know you better than anyone. And just like stares into her eyes and she goes, stop looking at me like that. You're giving me the heebie jeebies. Um, and while they're standing there, like, Mr. Feeney, Feeney comes running through and he's like, everybody, everybody, we've got really bad news. Russia has just launched a satellite. And it's theorized that there's a nuclear warhead on this, a spy satellite, and this nuclear warhead is pointed right at America. And Jonathan comes running in with his hard hat. And he's like, flash. And he, everybody ducks and covers in the middle of the hallway. Except. Except for Corey. For one, Corey Matthews. Brad Pitzer. Brad Pitzer. Uh, and Mr. Pitzer says, guys, guys, relax. It's just sputnik everybody where i'm from knows about this like it's just a it's just a um a weather satellite it's not a big deal everyone's freaking out about it but we all know that it's no big deal like my parents told me all about it and and where we're from everything is fine with it uh, but eric is like where are you from Mo- moscow and Corey goes oh, you're no, no 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 i'm your brother and he goes yeah you mean comrade and then Corey yells, Flash! And everyone jumps down. And he goes running over top of them. Like, it it was very, very, like, agile. Like, he just, like, jumps over all of the bodies laying on the floor. And off he goes. And then we um, see Eric's, Eric is like, he couldn't have gone far. And uh, Topanga and, or TL and Shanzi are, like, by a locker. And they, like, hit the locker on the top of it and they're like all right it's all clear let's go and they accidentally hit brad pitzer in the forehead but anyway um that's when Corey is like why are you guys doing this i thought you didn't have any friends and sean's like well i used i do now or something like that um but they get him home yeah they get him home and Corey like says goodbye to them like for forever he's just like well tl i guess this is it like i'm never gonna see you again i finally made it home uh, to my house and they're like why do you even want to come here and they're like because it's home like i home is the best place for me to be and they leave he walks in there's brownies on the table he's like oh fine like he's breathing a sigh of relief and morgan comes in and because he's he grabs a bunch of brownies and he's like homemade brownies thank goodness and then gets like a like a 1950s jug of milk out oh, and, i wish those were still a thing and didn't like say anything about how weird that was i don't think he thought it was weird he's been living in the 50s and being chased for being a russian spy at this point i think the milk container is the least of his worries where did he sleep he didn't he's been at school this whole time he started at chubby's in the morning were they dancing in the morning you do realize sometimes they meet at chubby's at like five o'clock in the morning to dance 
It's the 50s. Times were different. <sighs> um, Everything was so much easier in the 50s. You could dance before school. Um, so anyway, Cor- uh, yeah, Morgan walks downstairs while Corey is grabbing the, the muff or not muffins. What are <laughs> Brownies. they? Brownies. And Morgan says, ah, ah, ah. You can't have those until mom or dad come home. And he's like, where are they? And then the dad from Happy Days comes down the stairs. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hi, children. Here's your dime. Here's, here's your allowance. And hands them both a dime. And Corey's like, but I'm not your son. And he goes, well, then give me my dime back. <laughs> and then there's a knock on the door and it's Potsy. No, it's not. It's Anson Williams. Anson Williams. He makes it very clear that he is not Potsy. He's Anson Williams, which it's like crazy to see how young he looked in the 90s. And it's such like, that's the joke about it. Is he, Corey starts to go, hey, you're, and he's like, Anson Williams. I am Anson Williams. Right. Um, um, and so like they have that whole interchange while Morgan is sitting there and she's like, uh, well, dad. Plus she does the hula hoop yeah, thing. Yeah, she does the hula hoop thing. She's hula Corey's hooping. like, I've lost my entire life. And she's like, let me cheer you up. And she starts hula hooping. <laughs> now I know what I need. I need to go to Dollar Tree and get a hula hoop. So every time you start to spiral into being sad, and just like, let me cheer you up. And I just start hula hooping okay. around the house. Do it. Would it cheer you up? I don't know. Probably. All right. Gotta go to the store. Can you hula hoop? Yeah. I'm very good at hula hooping. I think. I. It's harder. The The bigger you get, no matter where you're getting bigger, whether it's wider or taller, it is hard to adjust to more size, bigger size in a hula hoop. But I could get the hang of it very quickly. All right. Let's get a hula hoop. Okay. Um, so anyway... While they're talking about all of this, Morgan goes, oh, daddy, dearest, I have something to show you. Morgan was very good. She was very good. Um, And um, what's his name? Happy Days Dad. Tom. uh, Did I write it down? Bosley. Tom Bosley. That's right. Tom Bosley walks over and there's a picture of Corey in the newspaper as a spy. So they already have this curly haired spy. Like they could. The writers of this show could not let. Him live down the fact that his hair was curly. Yeah. And they already had the picture in the paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, Corey's like, I swear I'm not a spy. Like, they got it all wrong. And Tom Bosley's like, oh, I believe you. And walks over to the phone. And he's and like, calls the president. He's like, hello, FBI. I'd like to talk to J. Edgar Hoover. Hey, uh, it's me. It's Tom. Uh, about that spy. Um. So... He gets carted off to jail where he is in, he's in the cell and he's banging on the cell with a tin cup. Where did he get a tin cup? Who knows? He's banging on the cell with a tin cup and the officer comes over and is like, oh, you have visitors. They say they're your parents. And Amy and Alan start walking to the jail cell and he's like, it's mom and dad. And they're like, yeah, Yeah, of course. We would know our son anywhere. And then they come over and they start speaking like Boris and Natasha. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they're like, okay, do you have the papers? And he's like, my history, history paper? paper? Why do you need my history paper? And then Amy gives him a muffin? Yeah, and Corey's like, oh, I get it. There's a, there's a transmitter in this and you're going to talk to me in the middle of the night and tell me when it's safe to escape. And she goes, no, you need to eat muffin. 
so that you can get big and strong so that when they torture you, you don't crack. I feel like you have practiced your Zoya impression so much it just led to this moment. I am Zoya, the destroyer. Like, it's so perfect. Your your accent is so perfect, and it's because of you being Zoya. Actually, also, when I work as an accountant, uh, my friend David and I would always talk to each other in a Russian accent. You guys are weird. Yes. <laughs> we were entertaining, though. That is true. We have friends who still talk about when you guys worked there. Yeah. Um, but I still say your Zoya is the reason. It's what brought you here to this moment. Zoya, the destroyer. Um, Glow is the greatest show on television. And Mark Marin is a prophet. Yeah. We will talk about this in our... In our later part of the yes, show. Yes, let's get through we this. We should have talked about it in the beginning, but no, no, no we'll talk about it at yes. the end. So anyway, Zoya the Destroyer and Alan uh, tell him that he's going to get tortured either by the American government or their own government. Um, And it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. But all of a sudden, an alarm goes off and it's like the nuke alarm. Like, Mm -hmm. and so they buzz open the cell and run into the cell to duck and cover. And Corey just walks out. And then it's, it's TL and Sean Z. They turned the alarm on. How did they do that? I don't know. But they did it. And. And they carry him away to the makeout pad. And Topanga gives him a chicken mask to wear. Oh, yeah. And before that, they gave him like a Groucho Marx, like the glasses and nose and yeah. mustache thing. Uh, but yeah, they go to Mr. Turner's apartment, which is which not is, Mr. Turner's apartment. It's the makeout pad. It's Shanzi's makeout pad that hasn't been used in a long time. But it's rent controlled, so it's fine. And they're like, why would anybody want to come here with you? And like curtains start coming off of he everything. Punches, he punches the wall like Sean, uh, like Fonzie. Uh-huh. And like... The cover comes off of the couch and a bunch of other stuff. And then a girl, like, there's just, like, a curtain hanging over a girl. And it, like, flies up. And she's standing there. And they're like, this is making so much more sense now. The jukebox starts playing some romantic music. But um, Topanga, or TL, goes over to Corey. And she's like, all right, so... um, Who are you and what are you doing here? Yeah, basically, she's, she's talking to him about being a spy. And he's like, I'm not a spy. I'm Corey... Matthews, my mom sews my under my name on my underwear. I can prove it. And she's like, prove it. She's trying to look at his underwear. I know. And he flips open his pants. Whoa there, Corey. <laughs> and she goes, Eric Matthews? <laughs> and he goes, this day just keeps getting worse. <laughs> um, But they do have a talk about he, She's just like, whoever you are or wherever you came from, like, I'm really, really glad that you're here. And then starts to make out with like full on make out sesh Mm -hmm. and he's like um, why are you doing that and she says because i do want to see the giraffes and i do when i when all my friends are out with their boyfriends and i haven't found the right boy yet i do go home and drown my sorrows in a tub of rocky road what do you call it when you are with someone and you're really you don't have sorrows and you just drown yourself in rocky road oh you're miserable with their life Hey, I love ice cream. Uh huh. Um, all so then all of a sudden, like they, he's like, I don't understand. Like I really, really thought that it was better in the fifties. Like, but 
I'm starting to see now that like the time that I live in, no one is running around afraid and everyone pretty much gets along, which what a short blip of time yeah. in 1996. Because in 19, I looked it up in 1996, some crazy things happened, but they happened later in the year. This is April of 1996. So what happened I, in 96? Uh, apparently, um, war was declared on the U.S. by the Al Qaeda. Oh, wow. In 1996. Okay. Um, we were pretty close to Bill Clinton's impeachment trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess there was no threat of nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and really, like, we were that age in the 90s. Yeah. And things were not scary in the 90s. Like, right. It's such a weird thing to see. Well, we'll talk about it more because I've got a lot to say about it. But he says, like, I want to go back. I'm ready to go back to my time or forward to my time. Or I want to go to my time. And I don't <laughs> know time how to... one more time. Time. Um, I don't know how to do it. And they were like, well, how did you get here? And he was... And then all of a sudden, they're like, wise man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wise man. And they're like, we got to go see the wise man. And it cuts to Chubby's, whatever it's called now. And uh-huh. Eli and is... A beat poet. Yeah. I love it. So good. He's like, I'm reciting poetry. And he's like pop on his little drum and he says like one word and he's like that's it that's the poem he was the first that's it that's the tweet guy he's like that's it that's the poem my one word um and Corey is like you're the eli or mr turner you're not mr turner mr williams (laughs) you're the wise man and he's like no i'm the hip cat the wise man's over there and it's mr miyagi it's mr miyagi uh pat What's his name? Pat Morita? Yeah, Pat Morita from... Um, Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Um, and many other things, but mostly we know him from Karate Kid. Right, and he was being Mr. Miyagi in this. Right. And he goes over and he's like, how do I get home? And he's like, how did you get here? And he knows, like, oh, Mr. Matthews is trying to get home. Right. He There's a lot of things. He's like, this boy came here and wants to go back. Like, he starts saying, he's like, oh, my gosh, how did you know that? He's like, well, how did you get here? And he's like, a microwave. And he's like, well, then find the way that you got here and go back that way. And then the wise man comes down off the stage and starts taking people's orders. Well, and he says all of that in, like, broken English. Mm -hmm. He's being the Mr. Miyagi character. And then when he starts taking orders, he's like, all right, I ain't got time for all this. What do you guys want to (laughs) order? So they tell him, they realize... Corey needs to get a microwave to plug in to go back to his time. and But there's no microwaves in 1957. Right. So the alarm starts going off and Corey's like, all right, time for a, oh no, it's 1957. There are no microwaves. And Mr. Miyagi goes, oopsies. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I was reminded that there's literally a Futurama episode where they go back in time and they need a microwave and they can't get back ahead in time because there are no microwaves in the 50s. I think it was the 50s. What we should have done is watch that episode and done a parallel episode. That's my favorite episode of Futurama. Well, it's one of my top three favorite episodes of Futurama. One of his top 50 episodes of Futurama. No, it's a top three. It's It's the one where... Uh, Fry goes back and sleeps with his grandmother and that's what <laughs> makes him like stupid. That sounds like the he best ac- episode. He accidentally kills his grandfather. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's I love that episode so much. You love Futurama. I love Futurama. Too. I do. We haven't watched it. You watched it the other night, didn't you? Yep. Let's so... talk about Futurama. <laughs> Bender gets buried. They think he's <laughs> a spaceship. We really like cartoons, guys. They think Bender's a spaceship. They think Zoidberg's an alien, which he is, I guess. Alden could actually reenact an entire episode of Futurama right now. Like he could actually do the entire script for you. Like starting out, he could do the song and then from there he could just take it away. The first few seasons of Futurama I know pretty pretty right. well. I've watched you. I've watched you quote it like as it's happening so many times. It's adorable. I, I love miss, it. I miss Futurama. Well, let's I watch watched, it more. Yeah. Um that's my comfort show. There you go. You should have talked about that in the beginning. I will. I'll talk about it at the beginning end. Um, so anyway, it's not Futurama. It's Boy Meets World. And they don't have a... Um, and they don't have a microwave. No. And so everyone starts coming downstairs to to capture him. And they're like, spy, 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 spy. And then Corey bangs his head up against the wall and passes out. And then is woken up to being shaken by everyone that he loves. Yes, his mother is waking him up on but, the couch. But after, not in the hospital. After he had been electrocuted by the microwave cord, they put him on the couch. Not in the hospital. They didn't call 911. They did call his friends. <laughs> they called his friends. Sean, Topanga, <laughs> you need to come see your friend. We're not taking him to the hospital. Which, to be fair, is probably about how it would work right now right in 2020 second. yes in fact i thought to myself oh good call not taking him to the hospital and that's when i was like wait a minute they could have taken him to the hospital because right now we're really trying to avoid hospitals at some point last week finley was doing something ridiculous and i said don't break your arm i'm not taking you to the hospital you'll have a broken arm arm for the rest of your life yeah because he they like to climb on top of the swing set and the big kids, uh, Aubrey and Caden, they are much more self-aware than Finley. And Finley is like all limbs. I mean, like... Finley's 11. He's a big kid, too. Yeah. He's just... A baby. <laughs> well, he's just clumsy. Yeah. And he's he's not self-aware at all. Like, there's no self-awareness there. So, like, where if Aubrey and Caden are climbing up and, like, hanging out on top of the swing set, they have all of their faculties and they're just sort of like hanging out up there finley was trying to like carry up a gigantic nerf gun and like sit on top of it and i just it was terrifying and then i looked out the window again and he wasn't up there and i had to like run and check and make sure he wasn't laying on the ground anyway so Corey wakes up on the couch um he looks up and like uh, sean is there he, he, his and he mom goes, is there and he goes seanzy and sean goes Yesy, <laughs> and and he looks around and he's like, "Where is she? I know she's here." And Topanga walks in and she's like, "Corey, you're up. I got you some more ice for your head." What? Why do you need? A- when did you- electrocution? Yeah. Why do you need ice for electrocution? It was very confusing. Um. This is why we thought it was a butt gang episode. <laughs> yeah, and. He like stares at her and he's like, I knew you're always here for me and I'll always be there for you. And just stares at her and she's like, stop looking at me like that. You're giving me the heebie-jeebies. Um, and now we go to the credits. The post credits. It's just the credits. The credits are rolling. Corey is sitting at the table. In just, the kitchen. Just uh, cranking out his paper on a laptop that I used to have that exact laptop. It was like one of the first laptops. Had a little like 
It was gray, had a little green, like, rolly thing that was the mouse. I remember that laptop very fondly. But anyway, he is working on it, and Eric's like, oh, you better plug in your laptop before um, it dies so that you don't lose your paper. Why didn't he just say, you better save your paper? I don't know. We had save files in 1996, right? Eric's never done a paper before. Oh, that's right. Well, he has electrocuted his brother. And mm-hmm. so Corey goes over to plug in. It turns out the microwave is not the problem. No. It's the wiring. Because the- he goes to plug in the cord to the laptop. In the same plug. Right. So their son got electrocuted almost to death. He got transported in time. They put him on the couch to <laughs> feel better and take a nap. And he got ice he for his head. He woke up. He got ice for his head. He woke up and they said, okay, no need to fix that electrical problem that's out there for the our kid's children. The fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's cool. So he plugs it in. He gets electrocuted again. The lights go on and off and Amy and Alan come running down and he's like, oh, good. It's you guys. Like everything is normal. No funny accents. No funny accents. And Amy and Alan are just like, you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) And so they leave. Because we got the couch ready. (laughs) Did you get electrocuted? Because the couch is free. (laughs) And Mr. Feeney comes in. He like beams in. Oh, yeah. He beams in and he calls Corey an earth alien and is like, we're beaming you back. And Corey's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So like... He electrocuted himself into the future, I guess, or into an alternate plane of reality. Whatever it is, it was weird. And that was it. That's the episode. That's the episode. What did you think of the episode, Tanya? I love this episode. It was so fun, but also, like, crazy for right now. Yes. It's crazy to me that we did, in 1996, we were not afraid of these things. Like, I don't remember being afraid of anything like crazy, except for maybe the rapture. But that wasn't societal, like, at all. That was just my crazy family. Yeah, no, the 90s were a very specific time period that everything was okay. Like, it's really weird to look back on. So for him, so this is what I want to talk about. For Corey, going back to the 50s where they're doing these nuclear drills was crazy and weird and then just a few years later literally a few years later they start doing shooter active shooter drills in schools because of columbine Mm -hmm. so we're watching this little tiny blip in history where there were no drills yeah which is nuts and this is a few years after the the first desert storm or iraq war Mm -hmm. which even that was kind of freaky as a kid, but it was over in like a day. Like it I just... remember writing about Desert Storm in my journal, being very, very young and writing, my mom just said, we're going to war. And then the war was over. So it felt really weird as a kid to just be like, all right, that's what war is. Nobody, yeah. like, it's over now. Um, it's, it's not this whole big scary thing. Right. So everything felt okay. Yeah. And it wasn't just as children being naive because I always think like bad things were always happening. And as children, we were just naive to it. Um, you felt a strange fear all the time. Like your whole life, there was this foreshadowing of fear and anxiety. I didn't have that. Like, so 
it was really interesting to be reminded that during this specific moment in time, children were able to go to school and not be afraid that they were going to die there. <laughs> yeah. No, Which is like crazy. It was a, it's, and it really is like the eighties had the cold war and, um, and then you get Columbine in the late nineties and then nine mm-hmm. eleven. like that was it. Like there was really, really, really a very small window yeah. and it was from the, the, I guess kind of the, the end of the Cold War in the late 80s or early 90s. Early I think it was 90s, early 90s, yeah. 91 um, to 97, I think was Columbine or 98. Yeah, I, I actually meant to look up when Columbine happened because I was so struck with that notion of he they, he didn't even understand why a drill would be happening in school. But and at the same time, like this is when we grew up. So for us at that same age, it was the same way. And it was. We watched these things start happening. Like we watched drills start happening and it started, it felt so huge. Like and abnormal. The drills were abnormal. The things going on were abnormal. And to our children, it's life. It's yeah. just how it is. And now... Well, and to our parents, it was life. Yeah. It's just for a short amount of time, we got to experience childhood like the way that childhood was supposed to be experienced. Well, or not. Like, we were outliers. Yeah. Because in most times in history, kids didn't have that kind of... Um, security security yeah though it really was and and also we're speaking at 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 it we're speaking about it as white americans yeah um it wasn't like that in other countries and it wasn't like that for minorities that is or or for anybody of any other sort of sexuality like it really was just just suburban white kids who had that false security that is um that is really really crazy to hear <laughs> like our experience was so different than so many however that was the experience that was being portrayed on television as well yeah but and and we look at it now and we're like oh like at least things were normal back then no we were the outliers we had the experience that most of the people in the world then and definitely most of the people in the world before and after mm-hmm. have felt and dealt with. Wow. 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 So that brings us to now. Like, so watching this where he's just like, the 1950s were so great and blah de blah blah and... And he's in that weird blip of time where they don't have anything. Like, our kids literally can't go to school right now, which is nuts. Um, So, goodness, take me back to 1996. (laughs) Let's go plug in the microwave. Let's go plug in the microwave and listen (laughs) to No Doubt. Um, How did you feel about this episode? What music did you listen to in 96? 96. You would have been 14. Wait, no, you wouldn't. You would have been 11? When? 12? I want to say I listened to, if if it was non-Christian music, which was most of what I would listen to at any time up until I was 17 years old, um, I definitely think 
probably Celine Dion. When I was 13, that's when Titanic came out. You would have been, in 96 though, you would have been 12, right? Or 11. Yeah. April, you would have been 11. Okay. I don't remember. I know around like in that mid 90s time was when I got really into Celine Dion and Matchbox 20 and then like R&B. I loved. Matchbox 20 wasn't out yet. When were they out? 98? I want to say 90, late 96 or maybe 97. Okay. I listened to a lot of R&B, but honestly, probably Newsboys. Newsboys and DC Talk was probably what I was listening to. How about you? What were you listening to in 96? Um, I was just getting into Nirvana. Um, no, I, was, I wasn't I was just getting into Nirvana, but I was huge about Nirvana about this, at, at, at around this time, I think. This was when I really started to discover rock music, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking to see when Matchbox 20's Push came out. I love that album so much. 1996. It doesn't tell me what... Oh. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Please hold. Does that say May? Well, the album was released May 27th. The day before my birthday. The album was released May 27th, 1997. I think the song came out before the album. But anyway, um, so 96, I was listening to a lot of, it was a transitional period for me. I had been into R&B and stuff like that. And um, not a whole lot of rock, but a girl that I liked kept talking about Nirvana and Pearl Jam and I tried to listen to Nirvana and I just fell in love mm-hmm. with her and Pearl Jam I mean <laughs> and Nirvana and I never ever ended up liking Pearl Jam but I pretended to for a little while um and it's funny because not long after that she became very because we were kids right she you became phases very into like R&B and stuff and I was like, well, it's too late now. I found rock. I'm in. To be fair to her, well, I mean, really, I think so much music was good in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But 90s R&B was nah. so good. Nah. And, and early 2000s R&B was so good. Like, I have tried to find things that are comparable in the now, and I cannot. And it drives me crazy. I loved 90s and early 2000s R&B. The other day, my coworker was listening to Aaliyah in her like sewing room, and I was just like, "Please turn that up. It's so good." I don't like R&B very much, but I know we've talked about this. Yeah, um, but I love I, I love every music except for really R&B and country. Let's see, I like every music except for country. I think. Um, but I mean, there was a lot of. It was that was a great time for music. I mean, '96 would have been a lot of Sublime and and Nirvana and Foo Fighters and. I think I was listening to the Les Miserables soundtrack oh, at God. that point, because the tenth anniversary. No doubt, Blink One Eighty Two. I think had, had really. I thought that was a little bit later. Maybe I not. was into them before they were cool. Oh so... goodness! I can't believe you just said that on a <laughs> microphone. <laughs> no, I had their first. I was album. really into Avril Lavigne before she wore ties. Gross. So, um, no, I. I um, I was a skateboarder, and Blink 182's a few of their songs were on some skate record or um, videos mm-hmm. that I had. So I had listened to them through that. I, I was huge into them, and then when uh, Enema of the State came out and they just blew up, um, I was like, "Well, no, no this isn't cool." Because <laughs> you're a rebel. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, this episode, you said? Yeah, how did you feel about it? I talked about how I felt about it. How did you feel about it? I liked it. I don't. I didn't like it as much as you did. Um, I liked it. I, I was interesting to see that kind of like... But I feel like so many sitcoms have these episodes where they're just like, oh, now we're back in time. Mm-hmm. That it just seems kind of tropey to me. But it's fun. Right. And it was insane to be watching an episode right now where they are talking about how cool and calm the 90s were and like modern times are great now. And then here we are in the future watching this. And it's wrong. And it's wrong. (laughs) And that's just not how things are anymore. Mm -hmm. And they weren't like that for very long. I, I was thinking that while we were watching, like... We are going to watch the time shift so dramatically. And while we were watching it and going through the stuff at the same time, I don't know that we probably would have noticed it as much. And I'm really interested to see if things shift with the times the way that, I mean, it really shifted while the show was coming out. Like, Columbine did happen and 9-11 did happen while this show was in production. And I think... Um, to us, because we were the same, I mean, we were teenagers Mm -hmm. during this time period. Those years feel so long at the time. Yeah. So it seemed like this is life. Right. But now, 25 years later, looking back on it, you realize what a small blip of time that was. Right. Right. Um, to think that, like... For most of our children's lives, we have been at war in some capacity. For our entire, our children's entire lives is crazy that they, during this little tiny moment, we weren't. <laughs> like, so that's true. But also in this time period, we had troops in other countries fighting wars mm-hmm. that weren't the United States right. wars. Right. But the news didn't report on it. It just, it was a thing that happened in other countries and, and the United States media just kind of went, oh, don't worry about that over there. Right. But there were troops out there fighting wars that were nonsense mm-hmm. that we had people involved in that we shouldn't have or, or yeah. you know, not to get political. But nowadays when we do that, it's all over the news. Right. So I think also as, as much as times were better than it seemed... It, a lot of it was sheltered. What are we being told? It was sheltered from us, or we mm-hmm. were sheltered from these things. Right. And that's, I mean, that's why we didn't, we didn't have to deal with any sort of like racism aspects because we just weren't in that life to see it happen. It's true. And, and I, the church that I went to was, um, a more minority driven church than like the one that our school was at and stuff like that. Like, and I saw a lot of it happen often and it was always shocking to me. Um, but now as an adult, I see so much more. And so like, but we also have the news at our fingertips all the time. And we are always told things as they happen, which is like, we don't have to wait until the newspaper comes to find things out. We don't have to wait until the evening news to find stuff out. Like we find things out five minutes after they happen. 
Yeah, no, but and by the end of the day, the story seems old. Yes, um, and different. Yeah, but anyway, back to what we were saying earlier. Glow is one of the greatest shows <laughs> in TV history. It's on Netflix, and you need to watch it. Um, Mark Marin, season one and season two specifically. Season three is kind of, meh, but uh, it's still fun to watch. Allison Brie is she herself is a masterpiece. Yes. Mark Marin as well. Uh, Mark Marin also has a new comedy special out that we watched last night where he literally in, ni- in 2019 prophesizes how bad things are going to have to get for the country to come to a standstill. And here we are. And, well, the- and for the world to come together. He said yeah, like for, for everyone. To- for the world to come together and to stop polluting. And like right now the world is shut down and there are record lows of pollution in the air mm-hmm. like and mark maron said this talked it, all about this in night or er, 2019 we were in shock also his special was so good it was very good it was very good he is a joy i love him so much um so watch those yes watch glow and watch mark maron's newest special mark maron has is always funny but his specials are kind of hit and miss because mm-hmm. he's very neurotic and um, full of. Uh, he's he he's always been kind of self-important, mm-hmm. um, but in this one, he does really kind of look at things in a way that is different than than a lot of people. Yeah, so it was good. Yeah, it was really really good, and we definitely. I think Alden and I have talked to each other about how like. His specials are kind of like a, eh, I don't know. I'm not going to like save this like we do with Mike Birbiglia, where we're like, this is going to be so great. I can't wait to sit down and really enjoy this one. It's sort of like a, well, I guess we could watch the Mark Marin one, see how it goes. And we were pleasantly surprised last night. It was very good. Yeah. After watching Birds of Prey, which was also oh, a yeah. hugely pleasant surprise for a DC film. Yeah. Birds so of Prey was good. amazing. Uh, all of the actresses in that were phenomenal, and the music was phenomenal. Like the remixes that they did, like I think, I think too, that's part of it. So when um, Justice League came out, I remember when we first watched not Justice League, uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad came out. We watched the trailer for it, and you were like, "That trailer looks amazing." And I said, "It's the music." Was it the trailer or was it the cool song that they had playing in the background? And you were like, "Oh." Yep, I remember that. And then the movie came out, and it wasn't just a music video the whole time, and everyone hated the movie. Mm -hmm. It seems like in this one, they did kind of learn from that, and they were like, oh, let's do kind of some of that cool trailer stuff. Let's do it throughout the whole movie. It was very good. Yeah. Loved it. Very good. Uh, Also, Daya Pizza for the win, and Glutino Pretzels. So those are the things bringing us joy right now. Yep. So what's bringing you joy? Let us know. Yeah. Tweet at us at... BMG and BMW. Sorry. I lost my train of thought and realized that you were like looking at me expectantly. And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to say BMG and BMW right now. Or email us... At BMG and BMW at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook or Instagram. At BMG and BMW. Stuff. Yeah. Um, let us know what you're doing, how you're hanging out. Um... I don't know. Just let us know you're okay. Hang out with us. Uh, John has given us a couple ideas on how we could do a watch along. 
Yeah. Um, we're still, I would love to do that so much. I think we should do that for season four, episode one. Or what about the finale of this season? Well, that's only a few weeks away. Really? Yeah. (gasps) Finally. (laughs) We have to really get it together. I think we only have three episodes left. Season three has been really long, you guys. I don't think we have time to plan it out for the finale. Oh. Not to like plan it out and... Could um, we do it like Discord? Would Discord work for that? Yep. Yeah, we could do a Discord where we just all watch it and then like we could pause it at a specific spot mm-hmm. and then you kind of go, because that's how Rift Tracks does it. You just, okay. you start it at the beginning and then like you're like, okay, the words on the screen say this, now pause. And then everybody unpauses at the same time so that everybody can talk about it. Okay. Okay. What do you guys think of that? Let us know. Um, if you have a better idea, let us know. Yep. We want to hear from you. Or in between season three and season four, we can watch an old episode together. I don't know. Or Futurama. Or Futurama. Or Mark Marin. Um, so anyway, thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 3, Episode 19. Class dismissed. <laughs>